Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. Are you ready for, uh, are you ready? We're going to preach. Open your Bible. Who brought their Bible with them? Six people. That's awesome. I'm glad. Can those six people open their Bible? I made it real easy. I'm going to preach for Genesis, so... I did that on purpose to make it real easy for you to find. Those of you who are not sure about the Bible, just go to the start. And uh, Genesis is somewhere around there. I was saying about um, Pastor Jensen, one of the things that I find really difficult as a preacher, a young preacher under looking up to someone, is Pastor Jensen has this ability to preach from some of the most obscure passages in the Bible. Like he'll get up and tell you to turn to a book and you're like, I'm not even sure that's even a book in the Bible. Some of you are all like, oh, amen, amen, flicking. And then you're like, what the heck? Where is that? He's like, Habakkuk 6, let's go there. And you're like, and he will just preach a life-changing message. But I'm not going to do that. I'm going to preach for Genesis. So <laughs> just to make it easy. Um, but uh, Genesis 12, and uh, I'm going to uh, read from verse, verse 1. Now the Lord said, the Lord had said to Abram, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him. And Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. I want to just talk real quickly this morning about this. This is a, a great passage in, in the Bible. We've seen it a lot and, and we probably have, have heard it talked about a lot. Abram is one of those guys in the Bible that's extremely celebrated. We know him as Abram is referred to now and then later on his name gets changed to Abraham. But he's someone in the Bible that is incredibly celebrated as being the father of faith. He's, he's known as being a man who demonstrates throughout the Bible and, and specifically here in this moment is demonstrated as being someone of incredible faith, someone who paves a way for Jesus to come through through his seeds, someone who demonstrates to us what it really means to be someone who trusts in God, depends on God. I mean, Abraham throughout the Bible, Abraham is the man. If you're ever in Sunday school, you remember that song that we used to sing, Father Abraham had many sons, had many sons, something like this, had Father Abraham. Remember that? And you do the little, come on, what, six people did it? I mean, am I the only kid that had to sing that song? <laughs> Father Abraham, you know what I mean? Was, is there any kids that were like super uncoordinated? Was that you? And you're looking at, I could not do the, you know, at the same time. Now you're going to sing it. Some of you are singing that better than you were singing worship before. Where do they get these songs from? Can you imagine? Like, what are they teaching us in Sunday school? How do you worship to Father Abraham? Father Abraham. I mean, Jonathan would make it work. Do you love Jonathan? Can we give it up? Didn't he do awesome? But Abraham is someone through the Bible that was extremely celebrated. You would think that Abraham came from an incredibly functional family. 
You would think that Abraham was someone that grew up in church. You would think that Abraham was someone that knew the Scriptures. Abraham was someone that had a great father, that was a great father figure, that demonstrated a great example to him of what it meant to be a man of God. But if you know anything about the story of Abram and what his family was like, you would know that his story and his upbringing is very different to that. Abram came from a dysfunctional family. His father was an idolater, an idol worshipper. There was dysfunction all around him. But what I love about this story, what I love about what we read here in this Scripture is I love the call of God that goes out over Abraham's life despite where he's living and despite his family and despite what he grows up in, the call of God still goes out over his life and God still says to him, I've got a great plan for your life. You need to understand something about the call of God. The call of God is not doesn't depend on where you grow up, whether you grew up in a church home, whether you grew up on the right side of town, whether you know a Bible, whether you have a Bible, whether you went to a Christian school or didn't, whether you're from a broken home or not, that there is a call of God for every single one of you. The Bible says that He knew you before you were formed in the womb which means there's a plan, which means there's purpose for your life. There's nothing that you can do on the earth that will, that, that will disqualify you from the call of God. The call of God has still gone out over your life. And this is what happens in this story. He speaks out this call and, he's, and he begins to speak over Abram in this, in this story. And he gives Abram some specific Instructions. What I love about Abram, first and foremost, is Abram was someone that was tuned in to hear what God was telling him. We need to be people. You need to be people. You need to be a person who is tuned in, dialed in to hear what the voice of God is saying over your life. I remember as a kid, I used to like playing sport and, and I used to like playing football and then I got concussed a few times and so my parents made me play basketball. And so I remember playing basketball and I was a pretty passionate basketballer. You know those kids that have more passion than talent? Um, that was me. I was the kid that showed up to the game 30 minutes early. Do you know what I mean? With new shoes on, socks pulled right up. Be like, get me in there. Get me in the game. Get me in the game. I remember getting in the game and I remember playing and I remember what I would do is I would get really frustrated and, and my mother would come along to the games. And if you've, you've seen my mum before, she's been here and she's preached before. And, uh, and I remember I'd be playing the game and I'd be getting so into it. And, and sometimes I would get, I had a bit of a temper as a kid. And I know it's incredibly difficult for you to comprehend because I'm so lovely. But I had a little bit of a temper and I used to get fired up and I used to get angry and things like that. And, and I remember when I, when I wasn't playing that well, I used to do this weird thing where I would look over because I knew that my mum used to pray. I would be playing, I would be not playing well and things are not working over. I'd look over at my mum and be like, Mum, pray. <laughs> I'd start getting mad, you know what I mean? Like mad at my mum and people would be walking past. And if you know anything about my mum, my mum, of course, she's standing on the side. She's like, Jesus, God, I speak the word. God, I declare. You know what I mean? She's not, it's not going to be like a normal sort of prayer. Do you know what I mean? Like what mom stands on a basketball court? My mom, she's standing there. She's like, I declare over him everywhere he sets his foot that you will give it to him. I declare victory. I thank you that he's called to be the head and not the tail. He's called to be, ble-. you know what I mean? She's like pacing up and down the side of the court. You're like, mom, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. It's all good. <laughs> I'll be- I look over and be like, Mom, Mom, pray. What are you doing? 
got my socks up, shiny shoes, you know. But then moment, a moment would happen in the game where I would get I'm angry and, I'd, and I'd, I'd, I'd start a fight. Well, I would never start it. Someone else would start it. And then I would sort of just be there involved. And I remember I'd be starting a fight and you'd be try, I'd be trying to, you know, talk tra- tough, you know, trash talk and talk game. I'd be like, you know the moves they do? Yeah. And you're trying to act tough and really you're hoping that some of your friends will come and hold you back so you can say, hold me back, hold me back. You know what I mean? It's like this whole moment. In the middle of it all, in the middle of talking tough, in the middle of the whole thing, I would hear this voice come from the side of the court. I'm trying to talk tough. I'm trying to act, you know what I mean? I've got game. I'm trying to, then I just hear this from the side of the court. Benjamin, watch your temper. Then of course the guy I'm talking to, he'd be like, Benjamin, watch your temper. <laughs> Doesn't matter how tough you are, that's going to mess everything right up. You know it was worse when she'd say the first name and your middle name, Benjamin James. You know, this is coming from the mum that's pacing up and down the court praying for her son, you know, like. But I remember there were, I would hear that voice. It wouldn't matter what is going on around me. It wouldn't matter the situation. It wouldn't matter the scenario. You could be in a crowded place. You could be at a shopping mall. I could be at a sporting field. And if I heard my mum's voice in a distance, it struck out to me and I could pick up and I knew straight away, I would stop and I'd be like, I know who that is. Why am I so, as a kid, why was I so dialed in to hear my mum's voice over every other voice? Because what happens is as a child is you spend time with your parent and you learn, you get familiar with the sound of their voice in the quiet place. You get familiar. So I can be in a noisy area, a noisy environment, but one word from my mum in a distance or from my dad in a distance, I can pick up on it in a second. Why? Because I've learned their voice in a quiet place. And it's the same with the call of God and the voice of God in your life. See, what people want to do is they want to try and hear. They want to hear the voice of God when they're going through a situation. People want to hear God's call on their life. What's God saying? I'm, I'm rattled. I'm, I'm journeying through this. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling this. And they want to try and tune in to hear the voice of God then in a difficult moment, but they can't seem to hear what God is saying because they haven't practised listening and communicating to God in a quiet place. And that's what we need to be as people. We need to be people that tune in. See, that's what the Holy Spirit The Bible says the Holy Spirit is the comforter and the counsellor. That's what the Holy Spirit is there to do in our lives. We've got to get a a better understanding of the Holy Spirit's role in our life. The Holy Spirit is not just about goosebumps and tears in a service. The comforter and counsellor is there to go with you. It's the Holy Spirit that will speak to you. The still small voice, the Holy Spirit that will guide you and speak to you in John 16 Verse 12, it says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when He, the Spirit of truth, has come, He will guide you into all truth. For He will not speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak and He will tell you things to come. 
If you want to hear the voice of God and you want to tune in to the voice of God and hearing what God is speaking out over your life, you've got to practice listening to His voice. That's what's happening when we do worship and those quiet times you have with God throughout your day. You've got to be someone that get constantly getting that quiet place with God to tune in, to hear what is God saying? What is God speaking into my life? This is what the Holy Spirit wants to do. And we need to understand this. What God wants to do is deposit. He wants to drop things into your heart. He wants to speak things into your heart. But so often we miss it because we're so distracted. We're so, we get so rattled by exterior things going on in our life. It's something that I try and do for my own life is try and create. You've got to create environments around you that facilitate the voice of God being tuned in. You can tune in in certain environment. That's, that's why I'm, I'm very big on, on, on environments, atmospheres that you put yourself in. It's not that the voice of God is intimidated by atmospheres. It's that I've found myself, I know me, and I know that it's easier for me to tune in to hear God's voice in certain atmospheres. That's why worship is so powerful. Because worship, what worship does is worship creates an atmosphere around you that helps you to tune in to hear what God is saying. That's why some, some people need to be very careful of what music they listen to. People that listen to music and say it doesn't affect you, well, I've got news for you, it does. The enemy knows exactly what he's doing. You need to make sure, and I'm not saying that non-Christian music is of the devil, that's not what I'm saying. But I am saying you want to make sure that you're putting yourself in an atmosphere. And when you're driving down the car, God wants to speak to you. The Bible says that we are, we are, we are meant to pray. It says pray without ceasing. That means to pray without stopping. Prayer is a two-way conversation, which means if we're being told to pray without ceasing, that means that it would suggest that God is constantly speaking to us. That's a crazy thought to think that God is right now, God is speaking something to you. When you leave here and you go to lunch, God is speaking to you, saying things over to you. So the challenge is not, God, can you speak more? It's God, help me to dial in and tune in more to hear what it is that you're saying. And this is what the Holy Spirit wants to do. And, and I believe that, that we're coming to a place as a church where we're going to step into more and more seeing the gifts of the Holy Spirit flow throughout the church and not in a weird way. See, that's the problem is people have seen the gifts demonstrated outside of being the covering of the church. And what happened is because we've seen it operate outside of the covering and some weirdo came up and said, God told me that we were meant to get married. And so you freaked out. And so that now, now, you're not, now you don't believe in prophecy and you don't want that and you've seen the weird. Let me tell you something as a dude, never, 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 never in your whole life ever go up to a single girl and say, God told you that you're meant to marry her. Are you stupid? <laughs> don't do that. That's weird. Crescent once had a guy say that to her, didn't you, Bo? You know what she said? She said, well, he didn't tell me. <laughs> I like that. Whenever you start a sentence with God told me, you put the other person in a place of, well, if, if God has said, what, what can I do to say against that? See, what it is, is the Bible says that prophecy is there to build and encourage to build up. This is what, and, and I believe that God has really taken us on this journey of understanding on a deeper level what the Holy Spirit really wants to do in our lives. 
and through us. Do you know that the Holy Spirit wants to give you words to encourage someone out in your workplace? And it's not a weird thing. You have different people here, different gifting, different ability, different styles, different personalities. And God loves it all because He created it all. And what He wants to do is He wants to fill all of us with the Holy Spirit. And so He can actually do something supernatural through us and use you to impact the world that is around you. It's not about being weird. And what's happened is in the church is we've shut down the gifts of the Spirit out of fear or we've stepped back because we've seen the weird. We've seen it happen out of order. So we've shut it down even happening in the right order and the right alignment in our churches and in our lives. And I want to tell you, we've got to get to a better understanding and a deeper understanding and say, you know what, I want, I, I want the Holy Spirit alive and moving through my life. I want to hear, I want to tune in to hear the voice of God. I want to know that, I want to hear that voice of encouragement that God has for me to give to someone out there. I remember I was getting my hair cut, it was a few years back. And I go to this hairdresser in Melbourne and, uh, you know, I've talked to you about it before and, and it's always a, an interesting experience going there. But they, I've been going there for years now and just, just sharing, you know, with them and witnessing with them and things like that. And, uh, and I remember I was sitting there a few years back and, and, and uh, the guy's cutting my hair and, uh, you know, we're talking and stuff like that. And uh, they know I'm a, uh, I'm a preacher, preacher, they call it a priest. And uh, they're not quite sure how it all works. They actually call me Father Ben, but we just roll with it. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> sure. And so they introduced me to other people in there as Father Ben. I'm like, bro, I don't call, why are you calling me Father Ben? They're like, that's who you are. You're Father Ben. He's a father. They're like, he's, let me explain. He's a father. He just doesn't wear a collar. And they jump. They tell people churches like Sister Act, the movie. And so that's how they explain it to people. And they feel the need, whenever I'm in there, they feel the need to walk me around and introduce me to everyone in the salon explaining what I do and what it's like. This is Father Ben. He doesn't wear a collar. He's really cool. And, and he preaches at a church. And it's like, sister, have you seen sister? It's, it's like that. They jump. It's wonderful. And then he takes me to the next person. People are like, what the heck? And so I'm sitting there and he's cutting my hair. And, uh, and we're just talking. And, and this, this girl had just started walking, well, working at the store. And uh, and and. And he's cutting my hair and then he sees her and says, come over, I need you to meet Father Ben. She's like, what? He says, come on over. And so she starts walking over. And as she's walking towards me, I just, and it wasn't in a weird way, I just feel the Holy Spirit just speak real quietly into my heart and just say, she's had an encounter with me before. And it hit my heart. And then as she came closer and she's standing there and she says, what do you mean he's Father Ben? And so he says to her, he said, he's a, he's a preacher, he's at a church. And then God said it to me again, and I just looked at her, and I'll never forget it. It's in this, it's in the, it's in the, 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 the hair salon, and I just looked at her and I said, "You've had an encounter with God before, haven't you?" And I remember the moment I said it, and it wasn't weird, it wasn't invasive, but I remember the moment I said it, the moment I just spoke what God had whispered into my heart, and I remember as this girl, as she's standing there and, and tears start to stream down her face and, and, and she's crying and I'm crying and the guy cutting my hair, he's standing there with scissors in hand like, what the heck's going on here? Like, and I said to her, and so she starts crying and I said, what happened? And then she said, well, it was years ago, I got invited to a youth night and I went to this 
this youth, uh, this youth group thing. I'd never been to any church thing before. And she said, when I went in there, she said, I never felt anything like it before in my life. She said, and I, I felt something. I felt it, it, something happen in me. It, it, I, I, it, I encountered something. And then I looked at her and I remember as we started talking, I said, what are you doing? What are you doing now? And she goes, I don't know. I'm just... And then she says to the guy cutting my hair, as he's standing there, and she said, I know what he's talking about. I know this church thing. I've seen it before. And she starts to tell him how he needs to come to church. And, and she starts to speak to him about, she's like, you need this. She's like, yeah, in fact, you need to, and everyone, we all, everyone needs to go along. I know what this is about. I know what. And there's like this moment, and it's just, it, we're in the middle of a hair salon in, in downtown Melbourne and there's a girl standing there and she's crying and I'm crying and, and now he's crying and he's, you know, running, getting tissues and he's like, this is wonderful. He's like this. I'm like, whoa, okay. Let's... But what I'm saying is, listen, it's not a weird, invasive, freak out thing. We have, listened. the Holy Spirit is not weird. Humans are weird. And we've taken the Holy Spirit and in attempt to try and over-spiritualise the Holy Spirit, we think the Holy Spirit needs our help. Guess what? God doesn't need our help at all. He's very good at what He does. And the Holy Spirit is even better. And what happens is we over-spiritualise it to make it, we try and use the Holy Spirit to make ourselves look more spiritual than we really are. Often it's to compensate for other things going on in our life. But that's a different message. And so what happens is, is we have to bring it, we've got to dial it down, simplify it down to it just being hearing the voice of God and knowing the, the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit sometimes will reveal, you'll discern something. And then the next level is what do you do with what you discern? Because what you discern, God doesn't always want you to act on what you discern. And sometimes you can discern something about someone. Guess what? It's not always our job to act on what we discern. It's God's job to journey people through things. It's God's job to walk people through things. But what I'm talking about this morning is getting to that place of hearing the voice of God, hearing the call of God. Because if you cannot hear the call of God over your life, you'll never walk into what God has called you to walk in. Because you've got to understand you serve a supernatural God. He is not a natural God. Therefore, He will not give you a natural calling. You are called to do supernatural things, not natural things that you can do on your own. There's a lot you can do on your own and, and it's great and you've got natural gifting and ability, but He wants to go to a greater level than that and use your natural gifting and ability and bring His super to your natural and do something supernatural. It's going to another level in what you're called to do in God. And the call of God went out over Abram and he spoke over Abram. And he begins to download. God tells him to do some things. And then he goes through all of these different things. He says to him, I'll make you a great nation. I'll bless you. I'll make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you. I'll curse those who curse you. And all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And he begins to download. The next thing after hearing is if you want to step into the call of God, you've got to make a decision not just to hear, but secondly, you have to believe. Do you really believe what God has called on your life? Do you really believe what God has spoken out over your life? Do you, it's one thing for the preacher to get up and say you're called to be blessed. But do you really truly believe that you're called to be blessed? Because what happens is tuning in, hearing helps us to tune in, but believing helps us to grab a hold of it. 
Because understand, the, end, the Bible says that the enemy is, is a thief. It says he came to steal, to kill and destroy. And one of the things that he wants to steal on your life is your calling. And it's very easy to steal if you're not holding on to it. And how you hold on to it is through believing. You can hear it on a Sunday. You can hear I'm called to be blessed. You can hear my family is called to be blessed. But do you really believe it? Do you believe that God can actually supernaturally restore your family? Restore your marriage. You will not walk in anything that you do not believe. Jesus constantly responded to people's belief. What It was all about the level to which they were able to believe. In Mark eleven twenty four, 24, after He cursed the fig tree, Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you'll have them. In Luke 8, 50 with Jairus' daughter, he says, But when Jesus heard it, He answered him saying, Do not be afraid, only believe and she'll be made well. And then Matthew eight thirteen with the centurion servant, then Jesus said to the centurion, go your way and as you have believed, so let it be done for you and the servant was healed that same hour. Do we really believe the word of God? Is it something that we just like to quote? Is it something you just like to write on a wall or perhaps get tattooed on your arm? But is, or is it something that you actually truly believe that you are standing on, that you believe that God can heal you, that you believe that your business is going to be blessed, that you believe that He can restore your home and restore your family. We've got to be people that have this raw faith and raw belief that God is the God that we read about in Scripture, that He wants to pour out upon your life. And then once we believe, we've got to start to declare. We've got to declare what you believe over your life. It's powerful. Your declaration is a powerful, powerful weapon. And we do it at, at, at prayer meeting, Thursday mornings, all the business people. When we come and we pray, what we're doing is we're declaring things out over our lives. We're putting a voice to what we believe because it's powerful. When you put a voice to what you believe, your voice is the first way what you believe becomes manifest in the natural. When you declare it and you speak it out, I believe that God is going to bless my business because that's His heart. Not for any other reason, but that His name would be lifted up over my business. I believe that God is going to restore my family. I believe that even though we've gone through challenges, and even though I'm in the midst of difficulties and in the midst of craziness, there's a voice. Think of me on the basketball court. In the midst of craziness, there's a voice that I can pick up in the distance. And it's the voice of God saying, hang in there, hold faith, believe, and I'm going to restore it. I will do it. As the Word goes out, it'll do what it's set out to do. Do you really believe it? We've got to get to this place of back, back to this place of raw faith and raw just belief in God. Believing that God will do what He says to you. The last thing real quickly as we, as we begin to close. Are you okay? You still with me? You sure? Would you tell me if you weren't though? <laughs> Rob found that funny, didn't you? It's good. <laughs> the last thing, he... he, he he speaks the call of God over Abram and he hears it. 
and then he believes it. But the third thing to release the call of God over your life is you have to obey it. Because if we look at this, this is like you can preach these other points and you can get pumped about it. Hear the voice of God. I mean, who doesn't want to, you know, yeah, charge, go, write it down. Instagram it, hashtag here, you know, like get into it. We talk about believing, we want to believe it. It's like, cool, we get into it, we get excited. But then when it comes to obeying, often we're like, whoa, okay. Because if you look at this story, what he's telling him to do, this is a big deal. We can look at, you know, I'll make your name great, I'll bless you. But look at what happens. Before he speaks out what he's going to do, before he speaks out the call of God, before God says to Abram, this is what I'm going to do. He says, no, this is what I'm requiring of you first. Get out of your country, from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. He's telling him, this is a big thing, what he's telling him to do. And often when it comes to the call of God on our life, we get this far until it comes to actually us letting go of what God's telling us to let go of. Why do so many people often, I think, miss the call of God or fall short of the call of God? Is through lack of just simple obedience to what God is saying. It's making a decision. You know what? I don't want anything. That's what God was saying to him. I don't want anything. I want to do a fresh work in you. And God said to him, in order for me to do a fresh work, I need there to be a separation. Do you know that the word sanctified means separation? I need there to be a separation between you and what you've been involved in, between you and your family, between you and the sin that's around you, between you and your comfort, between you and what you're used to. I want to pull you out of all of it. And I want you to let go of all of it because I want to pour out a fresh call upon your life. And I want to release a new level of blessing and a new level of favour and a new level of anointing. And then He starts to unwrap all of the things that I want to do for you. But it's not triggered until there is obedience. And what we try and do is we try and hang on to all of the stuff that we want. We try and hang on to the things that are precious to us, the things that are closest to us. Listen, anything you elevate in your life higher than God is an idol. Anything. You can elevate something that's good. It's not about whether the thing is good or bad. It's the position you've put it in. Because He has got to be the, He is above all anything, whether it's your marriage, whether it's your children, whether it's your job. Listen, your calling is not greater than your God. And sometimes what He wants to do is He wants to get us to a place where we've got empty hands. That's what was happening in this story. He says, Abram. In order for me to take you where I want to take you, in order for me to do what I want to do in and through your life, I need empty hands. I know, you've, I know you haven't come from a perfect home, but that doesn't matter because I don't need a perfect home. I don't need a perfect background, but what I do need is empty hands. For me to pour out on your life, I need you to get rid of the stuff 
that's holding you back. And sometimes it's sin. Sometimes it's past issues or past addictions or whatever it might be. But you know what? Sometimes it's not even sin. Sometimes it's just wrong mindsets. People hear the call of God. You, God's call upon your life is that your marriage would be supernaturally blessed but you've got a mindset because you grew up in a perhaps a broken home or you saw an abusive marriage and now you have a mindset. You're holding a mindset of what marriage is and what marriage looks like, which stops you from being able to pick up the call of God for a supernaturally blessed marriage. You can get a mindset. You perhaps always were in, and we're going to wrap up, keys can come. Perhaps you were in, constantly grew up in lack constantly didn't have enough. You watched your parents always striving, never had enough, never had, never had enough to get by, never had enough to pay the bills. And you pick up a mindset of lack. And so when it comes to the core of blessing, and what happens is then people, they hang on to a mindset of lack so tight, they not only cannot receive the call of being blessed, but they start to push it away and start to criticise blessing and call it prosperity teaching and say, well, that's wrong. That's And really that's not the issue. The issue is you can't receive it because you're carrying a mindset of lack. And hear me again, listen to what I'm saying. I know, I, I've seen plenty of preachers preach in a wrong spirit and a wrong heart about what prosperity is. Let me tell you something. Prosperity is receiving a revelation that your heavenly Father loves you enough that He wants to pour out blessing upon your life. That's what living prosperous is so that you can be blessed to be a blessing. That's what it is. And we've made it all weird. It's one of those things that we've made weird. It's a strategy of the enemy. What the enemy does is he tries to take the most powerful things in the Kingdom of God and use humans to distort it, to wreck it, to mess it up and distort it so the people cannot receive it. And this is what God is saying to us, for us to step into the call of God. It's time to let some things go, let some mindsets go. God has got the greatest things in store for you and for your life. God's got the greatest things for your family, for your kids, for your marriage, for your business. And I want to encourage you this morning, take a hold of the call of God for your life. And like what I said at the very start, the call went out over your life. The Bible says, before you were even formed in the womb, He chose you, He knew you, which means that nothing that you can do along the way disqualifies you from the call of God. And maybe there's people here, maybe you don't know God, maybe you don't know church. You haven't been, someone invited you or maybe they told you they buy you a free lunch and they said, if you come here, Maybe you thought this was a restaurant and you're in here, you've been mad the whole service. Like, when's a waiter coming? This is crazy. God has the greatest plan for your life. And maybe you didn't grow up in a Christian home. Maybe you didn't. That's all right because Abram's family was messed up too. But there's still a call of God over your life. 
there's a call to salvation over you. You don't have to carry the burdens and the, the challenges that we can all pick up along the way. God wants to do that for you. He wants to be your best friend. He wants to walk through life with you. The Holy Spirit wants to be that comforter, that counsellor. He wants to relate. He wants to have relationship with you. Talk to you. You talk to Him. He wants to take you on the greatest journey you would ever know in your whole entire life. And that's the journey of knowing Him more. But you've got to respond to the call. You've got to make a decision. You know what? I want that. I want what God has for me. And just before we close, I want to give people an opportunity with every head bowed and every eye closed in this building. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were blessed.